How do you run an effective business? Could it use a little help? That's where this program comes in. Welcome to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. Your host is Phaedra's daughter, Precious Hanks Carter. Some organizations are running their business without the correct guidelines in place. They don't know, nor have they taken the time to get to know the correct way of running a business. Let Phaedra's wisdom help you right now. Thank you so much for tuning into our show today. Today, we are going to be officially wrapping up our marketing um, subject. And so this will be the last episode where we will directly be um, specifying marketing strategies. And so today's topic is developing your company's marketing mix. Last week, I touched on um, the marketing strategy and I stated that marketing strategy is the process that can allow an org to concentrate its limited resources on the greatest opportunities to increase their revenue and gain a competitive advantage. Remember I said, plain and simple, it's your overall game plan. And so in order to be effective with your marketing strategy, that game plan's official title is your marketing mix. And the marketing mix is a combination of factors that can be controlled by a company to influence consumers to purchase its products or services. And so I want to take you back for those of you that majored in business administration and remember taking intro to marketing to um, where when I was in school, it was the five P's and the five P's was product price, promotion, place, and people. Um, but a lot of everybody should know the four P's and the four P's was designed back in the 60s, I believe it was either the 50s or 60s. And that was simply just product price, promotion and place. And so it was designed at a time where businesses were more likely to sell products rather than services. And so brand development wasn't popular then. And so people didn't come in place until about the 70s. Um, But now in today's society, it is actually the seven Ps. And so the remaining two Ps would be process and physical evidence. And so um, with that, I want you to, I, I don't remember that All of our businesses are in different industries. We have some people that are actually selling products. Um, We at Hanks Hanks and Associates, we don't sell products. We offer services. And then there's a lot of people that I know that are in business that they're offering services. And so what I'm talking about is going to be just general so that we can have that understanding of what it's going to take to develop an effective marketing mix. And so companies can also use the seven Ps model to set objectives, conduct a SWOT analysis, and also undertake competitive analysis. And so what I want you also to understand is that when you are developing your overall game plan, it's important that you know that you can't just go out there and just do it. You do have to sit down, and I know you're just going through 
of the episodes from the past. And it is a common theme where I'm constantly having you write stuff down. And because it's important that you have this game plan first so that you know and you stay on task. It's your framework. And it's going to help you evaluate any existing business that you have. And it's going to help you work towards the business that you want to grow into. And so identifying and arranging the elements of your marketing mix allows you to make profitable marketing decisions at every level. Remember, we can't just think short term. We can't just think right now. We have to think one year from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, because at the end of the day, we all start a business because we want to achieve success. And success is not necessarily going to be short term. We don't just go into a business with, oh, we just want to be in this business for five years. No, you go into the business, or most of us do, because we want to build a legacy and we want it to last beyond our time here on earth. And so when you are developing your marketing mix, and I told you it helps you make those profit marketing decisions at every level, it's going to help you develop and strengthen, and it's going to limit your weaknesses. It's going to allow you to become more competitive and adaptable in your market. And it's also going to improve your profitability and um, allow various departments to collaborate within your company, as well as you to go out and develop better partnerships. And I can't wait to touch on partnerships in future episodes because it's important for you to have the base and foundation of your business together so that when the time comes to partner, you're not entering into wrong partnerships. Remember, you have to know your identity, your business's identity, so that Nothing that comes your way can sway you and uproot you from the foundation that you have set. And so here's where we're going to go to next, how you're going to identify your marketing mix, because you're probably thinking, I don't have a degree in marketing. You don't need a degree in marketing. You're the one that knows your business the best. And so what you're going to have to do is identify your marketing mix early on. And this is understanding early on your sales, building a customer base. Remember, we've talked about this in past episodes. Any business that is beginning must start by identifying their marketing mix. And the first step in this process, and in any process when you're talking about your business, is identifying your target customer. Remember, we've said this before. What is your target customer? Who is your target client? Once you know that information, you can start to understand their relationship with your business and how your consumers help your your, um, business grow. And so we got to start back by asking ourselves these questions. We've probably asked them in the past, but repetition is the best way to learn. So what problem does your target customer or your client have? What is getting in the way of solving that problem? And what I mean by that, is this something that they can do themselves? Or is this 
something that is going to be worth them paying you to do? How does your product or service address that need? How does your target customer feel about your competition and about you? And here's the most important question that you need to ponder when you're building your marketing mix. What motivates your target customer or client to buy your product or service? Once you think about these questions and you have answers, then we can start to build our marketing mix, our overall game plan. And the next step after this is our goals for sales and growth. We've got to set, it's, it's a lot of people consider this forecasting and it is because you're, you're um, setting your budget up and that starts with setting these goals for sales and growth. And so you also need to have a budget for your marketing initiatives because while some things we're going to be able to do um, through free resources, there are going to be certain things. And I spoke about that last week that we're just going to have to come out of the pocket and pay for. And then once we develop our budget, we've got to choose a marketing tactic that will help us reach our target audience and achieve the goals that we set out to achieve. Remember your marketing mix provides a a roadmap for your business objectives. It keeps you on track while keeping your target market in the forefront of your mind. Your marketing mix will help you make sure your business is marketing the right product or service to the right people at the right price at the right time. And so you heard me talk a little bit about the marketing tactics. And so I want to just briefly give you a few common marketing mix tactics. Um, And there are marketing mix elements that can include one or the following that you need to just start considering. Think about your business. Think about the industry that you're in. Because remember, I've always said this. This is something that I repeat a lot. What works for one business might not work for the other because of the marketing and industry, the market in the industry that one is in. So a few marketing mix elements is clearly a website. I think that is um, universal regardless of what business you're in. And I've said that too. It's a landing page for the product. You have search engine marketing. You have social media marketing. You have paid search ads. You have paid social media ads. You have product reviews, sales and marketing brochures. You have print advertising in magazines, newspapers, and journals. Packaging to appeal to target audiences, billboards, sponsorships. And what I mean by sponsorships are, um, you know, if, if you have children or if you've been to a little league game or, or even a high school game, oftentimes you see banners of certain businesses up in gymnasiums or on the fence 
at um, fields, football fields and baseball fields, that's the businesses that have partnered with those particular teams to provide a sponsorship so that they can be able to advertise um, their business while the um, fans look on. Online videos, uh, trade show events, radio ads, television ads, and store demonstrations. And I, I've said that to demos, um, online demos, and you know, especially with social media. And so, as I stated before, some of this works for certain industries, and some of it doesn't. And so, I just those are just a few that I came up with. <clears throat> and what you have to do is you have to take a look at the list and see what works for your business in your industry. And that's where you should focus your attention and your resources to. And remember, we're dealing with, especially if you're a startup company, you're dealing with limited resources. So what you don't want to do is you don't want to uh, put your, your, uh, your resources for marketing into, um, let's see, what do I say? Um, store demonstrations, if your if if your target customer doesn't even frequent the stores. And so because like for us, what we are the services that we offer, a lot of these wouldn't apply to our business. And so and then vice versa. Um, a lot of ours comes from um, going to they're not trade show events, but they are um, they are business fairs. And so for us, like social media marketing and search engine marketing just wouldn't work. Um, unfortunately, the, the nature of business that we're in, it requires hands-on, face-to-face um, -face marketing of just, of just being sure that you're, you're making sure that your, your company's name stays in front of the people that, that make the decisions. And so, and sometimes, and you might be in that, that space it's that the space that i'm talking about is is dealing like with contracts when you're dealing with contracts where you have multiple competitors and um and it gets awarded off of merit base yeah in addition to that you're going to always have like four or five companies that go into the competitive phase to where they have like 35 or 40 companies that have uh, put their bid in for this particular contract that's to be awarded. And now there's five companies that they feel are in the competitive range. Then now what's going to differentiate you? Now they're looking at price and now they're looking at past performance and things like that. So if your name is has a good reputation and it's memorable because you've been in front of the people that are making the, the decisions if you've been in the front of the decision makers face and they and you've been pushing your company then okay you're more than likely to be like i remember them i spoke to them at one of our business fair events and um they gave me their capability statement they did this and and let's let's move them to to the final competitive stage so there's just it just depends on what business you're in. And that's why I can't stress enough market research. Um, it took us 
a little bit of time, but we figured out um, the marketing tactics that worked for us. Um, a lot of times, I can tell you by trial and error, we did divert resources to um, the wrong tactic. And it was a learning experience. I'm not going to say that it was a complete failure, but it let us know, hey, that's not the route to take. So <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit more because I know when I just went off on my tangent that there were a few things that I did say that that ties into the marketing mix. And as I stated before, and I'll just, I will start out by using this as an example. One of the things that that we know a part of our marketing mix is, um, I'll, I'll go through it. So um, for Hanks Hanks and Associates. So we, you, we've got our product, we've got our price, we've got our promotion, we've got our place, we've got our people. So I start out with our promotion because that is the most important, that is one of the most important things. If people don't know about you, then everything else that you're doing is going to be in vain. Because a lot of times people will say, I didn't even know that you existed. So with the promotion, with us, it, it is about the, the one of the main marketing tactics, as I told you before, is going to these business fair events, which would fall under the trade show. So going to these business fair events, um, we did utilize and we still utilize the Small Business Administration. And I, I told you this, a couple of episodes ago, but that is a great resource to have is to just see what the Small Business Administration, what SBA has available. Um, a lot of times, just the same way as clients and vendors will say, oh, I didn't know you you existed. A lot of times, us as business owners will say, we didn't even know that program was available. We didn't know that program was out there. And it's because we didn't do enough research to see all that SBA has to offer. And what I tell people all the time is SBA is a wonderful hub. Think of them as a hub that connects small businesses um, with whatever resource they need, with banks for loan opportunities, um, <clears throat> other business owners for mentorships. And so that's one thing that we knew early on. Okay, we need to have SBA in our marketing mix. We need to consistently check in with our SBA representative um, at NDC. We need to check in with our SBA representative at the local level. And then our clients are federal agencies. And so we need to check in with the SBA representative at those federal agencies. And so that's where our promotion came in, um, in addition to, um, as I, I heard you guys heard me say, a capability statement. That is just our, our brochure that allows us to let our clients know, hey, this is, this is our company, this is our mission statement, this is our vision statement, um, these are the services that we provide, um, this is how we do it, and, um, and then, of course, other um, things that they would that they would need quickly to research us as well, and so a lot of times in regards to our promotion is we have to um, go to 
the different agencies and just set up meetings. Um, the wonderful thing about the technology nowadays, because remember we've been around for 19 years, is you don't have you might not have to go face to face all the time. <clears throat> it can be something that can be video chat or even just a conference call. And one thing that we also do with our promotion is we we are mindful that these people also have jobs and they also have other potential um, businesses that they need to meet with. So we're very mindful of their time and we always let them know in advance. And so that's with promotion. So promotion, I like to say, is your knowledge. So that's why I just used Hanks Hanks and Associates promotion in that aspect. It's the knowledge of everyone else to the world that you as a business are here. And so the next thing that people like to know once they know that you're here is your price. The next question is always going to be price. How much is it going to cost me? How much do we as an as a business charge? And so um, that is one thing that you have to have a healthy balance with. And that's why I said it's important for you to write down. When it comes to stuff like this, you just can't go flying by the seat of your pants. You have to know what you What's the lowest that you um, can sell your product for? What's the lowest that you can sell your service for? And that's why I said, hey, you need to create a budget. I know, I know it's a lot of plans that we have to come up with. It's a lot, but it's just going to help you in the long run. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to have to go back and realize that you're not making a profit and that you're now going to have to sell your product for more than what you originally advertised. And now people are feeling like you're doing a bait and switch on them. So what you, what I encourage you to do before you just ramble off a number is consider what is the lowest um, that you can sell your product or service for, because um, you've got to consider overhead. You've got to consider how much, um, it costs to, to make your product or you you have to consider the products that you need. If you're performing a service, everything else that you need um, to perform that service. And then also if you're already in partnerships where you contract stuff out, you've got to consider that as well. What's the, what the other people that you're partnering with are contracting to work out to what's their price and how is that going to affect you? Um, we've already talked about the product or service, and you've got to make sure that when you're developing this marketing mix, that you're dealing with the functionality, you're dealing with the appearance. Remember, the, fir the first impression is normally with the eye, so it has to appeal to the eye first. And so, which is, you also have to consider the quality. Um, at the end of the day, think of yourself as a consumer. We as consumers, we want the best quality <laughs> at the lowest price. That's everyone's dream, right? The best quality at the lowest price. So you have to make sure that your quality is up there. And then also dealing with appearance as well is you're also dealing with packaging. <clears throat> so we've covered product, price, promotion, place. People are gonna know, where can I find your product at? Or where can I find you at? You have to consider your distribution channels, logistics, 
service levels, your actual location, or the marketing coverage. If you're providing a service, they need to know, are they coming to you or is it something that you can come to them? The one thing that I have noticed probably over the past decade is travel services. Uh, It's becoming more appealing. Think about Safe Light. They are really doing a great job in being available to the consumer. Think about their commercial. You can be out and about still running errands and all they need is a parking lot to change your windshield out. They come to you. You no longer have to go to the mechanic shop and just leave your car for a day or two for them to change your windshield out. So you've got to consider um, place being convenience um, in regards to um, where people can find your product and also where they can find your service. The next P is people. So we're talking about who, the service that you're providing. Um, This is pretty much dealing with customer service, your attitude, appearance, um, employee portrayal. People wanna know that when they are supporting your business, that they're getting the best customer service experience that they can possibly get. I've said this in past broadcasts, think about Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is wonderful with their customer service. Um, they, they've got that logistically phenomenal. And so what you have to consider is how you want your employees to portray your business. I've said this also a lot of times as well. With Mrs. Tanks, it was always, we're going to do things with a spirit of excellence, um, with little room for error. And so when you, when you do stuff with a spirit of excellence and when that is your reputation, when little errors do come up, they're lenient because they know that it's not going to be a reoccurrence. They know that it's not going to be something that um, happens frequently. And they know, okay, you know, we do have as humans a, a marginal room for error. And so we have to consider that. And so the next one, the next P is process. The delivery of your product or service to a customer. You have to check your processes frequently to guarantee they are simple and increase your ability to generate revenue. I've said this also in previous broadcasts that Amazon does a good job of that. Um, they're, they're prime, they're two-day guarantee. And sometimes they do drop the ball where stuff arrives late, but because you have that great history where they deliver on their promise with other products, I know I am. If something's running late, I'm a little lenient. So before we get into the last P, which is physical evidence, I want to go ahead and um, allow room for us to go ahead and take our break. And then we will come back and wrap up our marketing mix. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Business news and discussions are always changing. In order to stay ahead of the game, sometimes you need to be a follower. You can follow the Voice America Business Channel on Twitter at VoiceAMBusiness. Again, that's at VoiceAMBusiness. And stay current. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. You are listening to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. To reach the program today with a comment or question, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email by clicking the email host button on the Voice America show page. Now, back to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. Here again is Precious Hanks Carter. Welcome back. Before our break, I discussed uh, the six of the seven P's for developing a good marketing mix for your company. We talked about product, place, people, and price and promotion, as well as process. And so the the last P is physical evidence. And that's pretty self-explanatory. It's that people need to receive something physical to validate their purchase and supporting your business. Um, it's something as simple as a receipt. I know um, with online 
uh, with online purchases now, what I've started to notice is that the company, in addition to the receipt, they've been including like thank yous. And it feels really great as a consumer to get a card that says, thank you. We really appreciate your business. Um, so that's what we mean by physical evidence. And to be honest, there's really no limit to the creativity that you use to develop um, your marketing mix elements. And so what you have to realize is that you're not the only one that is offering of this product or service. Um, as I've stated before, you have to show and stand out to the consumer and clients so that they feel comfortable in supporting you and going with you over the other person. Before I get into um, the, talking about effective ways for a marketing mix, I wanted to give a few examples in case you're still not sure or you're not sold on taking the time out to develop your marketing mix. Because I know some of you guys are just like, I'm just going to finish listening to this broadcast to see if there's any nuggets that I can pull away from. And you're not going to sit down and go over your marketing mix physically. But I urge you and I encourage you to stick with it, write it down and make it plain so that it's easy for you to follow the process. When you have, when you can visually see the process and know the steps that you need to take, it makes it that much more easier than just trying to go off of memory and missing the mark on something. So a few examples of marketing mix with companies. The first one I want to talk about when we're talking about price is the Dollar Tree. That is, that is their major marketing mix that they focused on is price. What do we know the Dollar Tree for? It's in their company name. Everything that they sell in there is for a dollar. So that sends a strong signal to us as a consumer that, hey, when we go into this store, regardless what we pick out, we know it's going to be a dollar. So you don't have to worry about trying to find the price for something. Whatever you pick up in there, it's going to be a dollar. Another example of a marketing mix in regards to competitive edge. So we're dealing with um, promotion is Tiffany and company. I think they do a great job uh, with their promotion. We know that uh, they have their signature Tiffany blue. I think it's Robin's egg blue. I was looking, I, love all things Tiffany. So I've looked at so many documentaries when it comes to Tiffany and company. And I know they, their blue box is special. It's hard to duplicate that color. And so their packaging, they put a lot into the product part as well because they're packaging. And you'll notice that with a lot of jewelry, com a lot of jewelry companies in that industry in that marketing mix, and this is where I'm talking about if you're wanting to, why well, you have to do your marketing research. In that industry, packaging is a big part of the marketing mix and packaging falls under the product. So you have to pay attention. So if you're, if you're wanting to start your own jewelry collection uh, or you make jewelry, this is for you. 
you have to focus on the packaging and how the appearance appeals to people. Uh, Jared does a great job of that, you know, that with their, with their commercials, you know, they, they talk about the packaging. So that's what I mean by doing your marketing research and starting out with that. So Tiffany does a great job in, in that regard. Another one that I want to talk about um, in regards to um, promotion and product is Apple because they focus on their product innovation. They had, think about it, those of us that have Apple products, we can't wait for a certain time of year where they come out of their, their, uh, I don't want to call it a convention, but that's how I feel, where they're revealing the next Apple product. And that that's their leverage that gives them a competitive edge in the marketplace. And they're, while they don't put a lot into, you know, advertising because they don't have to, and here's why. And I, I think that they're the they're a great example. They don't have to put a lot into advertising because I know when I'm looking at advertisements for Apple products, it's not from the app. It's not from Apple, the corporation. It's from the people that sell their products, such as the cell phone companies, or even when you're looking at print ads, it's the retail companies that are promoting the Apple products. So that's genius. They're getting other people to promote their products because that also goes back to place. Those uh, particular people, such as corporations, such as the retail stores, such as the, um, the cell phone companies, they are the ones, that's, their distri- that's Apple's distribution channels. And that's what I mean by sitting back and effectively developing your marketing mix and entering in also great partnerships. So also when you're using the seven P's as a model, um, it's great to, if you're already an established business, to use it to conduct a marketing audit. And I know we steer clear from and we get nervous about the audits word, you know, we automatically think it's a bad thing and it's not, especially when you're conducting it yourself. When you perform a self audit, there's nothing wrong with that. And so I encourage you, if you're already an established business and you've been functioning to conduct a marketing audit, um, to look at each of the P's it's, it is, I, I strongly discourage one to ignore any of them. Now, some of, some of them might not apply to you. I want you to like think of product, price, promotion, place, people, physical evidence, and process. I want you to think of those as a pie. Put them all in a pie. And you're going to need, your business is going to need all seven of those to be successful in promoting your business. Now, you might not need place 
as if you're if you're if you're doing services, you might not need place as much as the next industry, but you still need it. So there's certain so just you're they're not gonna all be equal. So you're not gonna be able to split your pie seven ways equally. You're gonna have to focus, and that's why it's called marketing mix. Which ones dev- which ones require most of your time? But don't ignore and say, oh, you know. I don't need to focus too much on physical evidence. Might not need to focus on it a lot. That might be 10% of your pie, but you still need to include that in your marketing mix. So I want to, before I, I really, really go left and end up running out of time, I want us to shift the focus from the four P's to the four C's. And, um, I know you've probably heard of this before because as a business, we're focusing on product, price, place, and promotion. And I want us to, um, what we can do to allow our consumers to have a better experience because at the end of the day, building your business requires people supporting your business, people pouring into your business, and that is your consumer client. So if you shift that to, the four C's, which is customer value, cost, convenience, and communication, then you're now shifting your perspective, which is what we need to do sometimes. We need to shift the focus and put ourselves in the other person's shoe. The other person, in this case, being your consumer, because at the end of the day, we want a target consumer And we want that consumer client to be somebody that's a repeat. We don't want somebody that's just a one and done. We don't want somebody that's just an occasional. We want somebody that's going to be a repeat customer, a faithful, loyal customer, because faithful, loyal customers end up turning into uh, great marketing pieces ourselves. We can put that in with people that are going to, or we can put that in with promotion that's going to help with word of mouth because loyal customers take pride in who they support and they share. And they also uh, solicit to other people and say, hey, you need that? Go check that person out. So let's talk about um, customer value. value. That's your consumers. That's you realizing that your consumer and your client are valuable to you. You're considering their wants and needs. And under this model, you should be focused on solving their problem, which I talked about at the beginning of the broadcast. And if you're focusing on solving their problem, then guess what? That's that's going to help you create the product. Instead of sitting up there focusing on the product first, talk about, okay, how am I going to solve this consumer's problem? My product is going to be a way to solve the consumer problem. But this also, when you're putting the consumer's wants and needs first, it's going to require you to study their behavior. It's going to require you to interact with potential customers to find out what they want. As I stated in the first segment, that's what we at Hanks Hanks and Associates do when we go to these business fairs, when we go to these industry days at these various uh, federal agencies, and also when we meet with the client 
um, we're not just there just cackling it up. We're there to learn what do they need, what is their problem, and how we can help them achieve their agency's mission. And uh, oftentimes, you know, and and you're thinking, oh, it, it, it could be just, you know, when you're dealing with services, it's simple. And it's not, it, it, it is simple, but it doesn't have to be challenging because a lot, oftentimes people, consumers are different. And while they have the same need, uh, the method and the way to, to give them what they want is, is different. And, and we, it's speaking with Hank Sanks Associates, we found that out. It's not always what you know, but how you get there. Because when I'm hiring people for, for a certain job, even if it's just an administ- something as simple as an administrative assistant job, you're talking about admin support. It's not necessarily about what you know, but if you're going to be the right fit. And that's what I mean by getting to know your consumer and getting to know your target consumer. Because oftentimes it's not about the what, but if you're a right fit for them. Next, let's talk about the price cost. It means the same thing, but then think about the words. It's not because we're talking about how much we're going to charge as a business, but let's think about how much it's going to cost the consumer or client. The total cost of acquiring a product or service, which goes beyond the price tag. And what I mean by that is it it's, includes the time it takes to research a product, the time it takes to make a purchase. So we're not just talking about cost of money. Let's consider resources. Uh, I was talking to a particular entrepreneur about this the other day. Here's a great example. They're in one location. They've built this clientele up and now they're about to switch locations. And so what I asked them was, okay, you've built this clientele up. You have faithful customers that come to you, they're booking your service a month in advance um, just to make sure that they get in your books. Your new location, is that convenient for those clients? Now, you're probably thinking there's no way when they're dealing with location that they can consider every single client. But what I mean by that is apparently if these clients and they've been at this location for a year or two now, are faithful clients that are coming back to this particular entrepreneur, then this location works for them. So now that you're moving locations, my hope would be that your location is not too far away from the current location because then that, that if it's still in that vicinity, then you know, okay, they came to this one, they'll come to the new location. But if you're going 15, 20 minutes out of the way, you have to consider the cost of time that it's going to take for the client and consumer to now get um, to your business for your service. So that's what I mean by let's consider the cost beyond the price tag. We're talking about 
resources, period. Um, and then also too, um, if you're dealing with new consumers, how long is it going to take them to find and research your product or service? That goes back to um, promotion as well as place in regards to distribution channels. Next one we're going to talk about is place. Place for us, but convenience for the consumer. And I kind of talked about that already when I was talking about the cost uh, that isn't associated with the price tag. How easy or difficult is it for a consumer to find and purchase your product? As you know, the rise of internet marketing and purchasing has made convenience more important in consumer decisions than physical place. I was chatting this up with a, another friend of mine. We were laughing and joking, actually a few friends. We were laughing and joking about Amazon and how uh, if we are buying something on Amazon, we don't buy it from the first page because the first page appears to be the most popular um, page and the easily accessible page. And so it, sometimes convenience works in your favor and sometimes it doesn't. It depends on the consumer. I don't like to buy stuff that everybody else is buying, especially when it comes to clothes. <laughs> I don't want to be in a place where there's three or four people with the same outfit that I have on. So if I am doing internet buying, um, internet shopping, then I'm not looking on the first page for things. So it's funny that I'm talking about convenience because we do want to be the popular item um, as a business owner, but then we also have to consider as the consumer, as a consumer, as I stated, I don't want the popular item. And so if you are uh, someone that is in fashion and design, uh, you might want to consider that if you're doing apparel, that uh, you can offer exclusivity uh, to certain customers and clients. I can tell you right now, consumers, while we do like what's popular, we also like what's unique. And so if that's something that you're looking to get into, making, I like stuff that's custom made. I like stuff that has my name on it. And I know I'm not the only one. As a consumer, we like that because we like the exclusivity behind it. And so if you're someone that is doing a business, an entrepreneur that is doing a business for fashion and like I said, apparel, you might want to consider marketing to custom, customized stuff or custom made and in limited quantities, limited quantities, higher value. Next, I want to talk about promotion, promotion for us as a business owner, communication for a consumer. And this depends on it's as much on the consumer as on the seller. And this includes advertising, marketing, and media appearances, um, emails. I've talked about this in previous broadcasts about email blasts and blogs and, and brand ambassadors on social media. And so communication is a two-way street, as we like to say. And so to wrap up, 
our marketing mix and developing our marketing mix, I wanted to give you, I want to recap and just give you 10 effective ways um, to develop a marketing mix and how it's going to stick. The first one is your goals and objectives. Remember, creating the right marketing mix, you must first clearly define what you want the end result to be. More customers, brand awareness, higher sales. Second one, establish your budget. How much money are you willing to spend on product innovation and consumer research and product promotion? Three, determine your unique selling proposition. Describe the benefits users will experience from using your product or service. Four, who is your target market? I've said that before. If you don't gain anything else, you have to develop a great consumer. Five, ask your customers advice. What do they think of the product? How satisfied are they with the quality? Their answers should help you grow. Six, define your product in detail. Take your time to describe the specific qualities and value that your product brings. Look for the unique features that show your product's worth and be sure to highlight that. Seven, know your distribution channels. And that is the how people can find your product. Identify the places your product will be marketed. Eight, create a pricing strategy. Remember, what's the absolute lowest that you can sell your product or service for? where you can still turn a profit. Nine, choose your promotional techniques. Your target audience, your target consumer, they need to be made aware of your product offering. Successful promotion of your product includes various elements. And that is something that you're going to have to define for your business. And lastly, use inbound marketing. That's your website. That's email marketing. That's social media. That's blogging. It's search engine. It's, it's whatever works within your industry. That's what you need to use. And so I hope that you have enjoyed what ended up being a three-part series about branding and marketing your company. And I hope that you go back and look at your notes and be determined to develop a great marketing mix to help enhance your marketing strategy, which ultimately is going to allow you to effectively build your business. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Precious Hanks Carter. Let's talk business according to Phaedra. Thank you for tuning in this week to Let's Talk Business According to Phaedra. Your host, Precious Hanks Carter, will be back next Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. That's noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel as we feature another edition of the program. We'll talk business success again soon.